This meeting is being recorded. Good afternoon and happy Monday to all of you. This is going to be an amazing motivational Monday for each and every one of us. Thank you all for joining us today. I am Iris Denise Owens, the host of the Autopsy of Her Healing, Evolving Resiliency. And on the line with me is my beautiful sister and co-host. Good morning or good afternoon, honey bunny. How are you? Good afternoon, honey bunny. Stephanie Diani Green. Good to see you all as well. All is well. All is well. actually wonderful. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, today, guys, we have a special guest. Remember, we told you all that we were going to kick off our men's series. And so, of course, we never fail to deliver what we say we're going to do. So today we have Eric Slepian, who is attorney at law here in Atlanta. And I have had the pleasure of uh, doing business with Eric. Eric actually also set up my LLC. And so um, I really am blessed to have him in my circle of people. And today, Eric is going to talk with us about resiliency. Oh, we're going to talk to Eric about resiliency, and then he's going to share with us. <laughs> so, Eric. Thank you, Iris. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, Hi, Eric. How, how are, you? are you? I'm good. I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. We are so happy to have you on today, and um, we're going to jump right in. And so, just to give you all a little backstory, the way Eric ended up here was uh, back in, what was it, Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving, our November Fayette County Board membership meeting. Eric is our uh, platinum, you're platinum, right? Yes. Yes, our platinum um, sponsor. And so Eric uh, was there and we were talking and just you know sharing with him and he was sharing with me. And Eric had on this beautiful suit. And I said, oh my God, that is an awesome suit. But first I want to tell you, Eric is never not dressed to the nine. <laughs> then, ta-da! <laughs> Look, you gonna show? Are you gonna show us your shoes? Yeah, you want to see my shoes? Yes, Eric is an amazing. Oh, he is an Look at he is an impeccable dresser. <laughs> he is an impeccable dresser, but he is also a New Yorker, so I expect nothing less. There from you go. Him, right. But Eric, I want you to talk a little bit about this suit that you had on, because that's so how suit, you got here. Yeah. So the suit that I had on is called a signature suit. So when you look at it, it just looks like a normal pinstripe suit. Mm -hmm. But the stripes are words and you could choose whatever you want to put on there. Yes. So I had a saying that I chose to put on there, which is. Why blend in when you were born to stand out? I love I believe that. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I yes. That too. And and mm -hmm. listen, Eric. And, I and you know, Iris. Yes. You were the only. You were the only person at that meeting that I pointed that out to because I knew you would get it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was destined for that to happen because right. Eric is the Eric is a. As Stephanie and I, you know, we always talk about Eric is a bold personality, right? When he walks in a room, he doesn't have to say anything, but he takes all the air out of the room in a very positive way. And so, Eric, I want you to just kind of wherever, just jump in where you'd like to share, okay. um, you know, how you got to where you are and why you're there. 
Well, um, how I became an attorney is kind of an interesting story because not too long ago, I came across my sixth grade yearbook. Mm -hmm. And in that yearbook, they asked things like, what was your favorite TV show? What was your favorite type of food? And what did you want to be when you grew up? Yes. And it mindset attorney. And yes. I was given two choices by my mother. I could be a lawyer or I could be a doctor. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like the icky stuff. <laughs> and I also didn't like doing math. So I became a lawyer so I wouldn't have to do math. Um, but that's... <laughs> yes. But I... Um, the type of law that I wanted to practice was not, was what I call happy law, mm -hmm. which is what I do now. So I do a lot of real estate. So I'm helping people buy houses. Like that's how you and I know each other. Yes. I do a lot of corporate and commercial work, setting up people's businesses for them. I do wills and estates, helping people plan for their future, all of that kind of right. thing. Uh, and when I first, got out of law school, it was hard to find a job, actually. And I came down to Georgia. I was originally up in the Northeast. I was in New York and New Jersey, went to school in Boston. Mm -hmm. My father is a doctor in Stone Mountain. Okay. So I came down, I visited him, and I liked it. And I found a firm here that I wanted to join, but they weren't hiring. Mm. So I offered to come work for free to show them what I could do. And they said, well, we can't really let you work for free, but we're gonna pay you almost nothing. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. So that first year they paid me $15,000. Okay. And I billed 250,000 for the firm. Wow. So I went in at the end of that year having blown through all of my savings just to live on. Yes. And I went to my boss and I said, you know, I, I think I need a raise. You know, I have no money left. I just, just a small raise. I want to go from like 15,000 to 25. Yes. And I billed 250 for the firm. And he said, well, you know, I was thinking now's a good time for you to go out on your own. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I wasn't quick. <laughs> yes. I just wanted a raise. Right. And it turned out that 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 attorney that I worked for, that's what he would do is he would get young attorneys in and pay them nothing. And then when they asked for more money, he would toss them out the door and get another one. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. Because if he had not done that, I would not have started my firm. And now I've been practicing 30 years and 28 and a half of it has been in my own firm. Mm -hmm. You know, we've grown to now, we have nine attorneys in the firm. We handle just about every type of law. Mm -hmm. And in fact, about a year ago, I took that attorney that I worked for, who's still here in town, out to lunch to thank him for kicking me out the door because yes. I would not have been as successful as I am now. So Eric, when he said that, and I know your reaction, you said you went in to ask for a raise. And then he says, no. So you were pretty much uh, propelled into entrepreneurship. Oh, I was scared to death. <laughs> I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know where my next, my first client's going to come from. Right. You know, I was newly married, moved to Georgia, and what was I going to do? Right. But, but what you do 
is you then find out who you really are. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there one of my favorite sayings, and I'm trying I want to make sure I get it right, is that um oh, what's that word? Basically conflict and conflict does not create or does not does not create character. Mm-hmm. It reveals it. Absolutely. So sorry, I messed that one up, but that's exactly, that's the quote that I love so much because it's so true. There, right. there is no way that I would have thought that I could be, you know, the managing partner in a firm with nine attorneys back then. Right. What about You also stated though, at that same meeting that we were talking about that you love Halloween it's you celebrate Halloween because that is the day that you became licensed. Is that correct? That you passed. I did. Yeah. 30 years ago, this past Halloween. Right. So when you, when you passed the bar or when you were in law school, you mentioned earlier that you did not like math, but tell us your experience with going to law school and real estate law. Okay. So, right. So I thought I was going to go to law school and I was going to be a litigator. Mm-hmm. I was going to be in court. I was going to be arguing. <laughs> I won some award for moot court. Yes. And if you would have told me that I would have been doing real estate and transactional, I would have said you're crazy. My two lowest grades in law school were real estate and contracts. And that's what I do <laughs> all day, every day. For 30 years. For 30 years. <laughs> But that, that is a great example, Iris, of yes. I, I think when you are when you're at that point in your life, when you are a young adult and you're in school, I don't think right. you know who you truly are. Correct. I, I agree with you. I feel more comfortable in my skin now and have for the last 30 years than I ever felt at any point before that in my life. And so, Eric, that's why I always I always say you're the epitome of resiliency, but also the epitome of evolving, because many people would have at those at the two you had you had two things to overcome. I'm not going to call them challenges. You just had you had some things to overcome. You're in law school and the two courses that you like you said, you ever received your lowest grade in were were what you're exactly doing now today. But just imagine if you had said at that point, I don't like this, I can't do it. And you removed yourself from that situation where you were having that um, kind of, I guess, conflict with what was going on in your life. And then you graduate and you go to work for someone who then says, I'm not gonna give you a raise. I'm gonna, I'm gonna release you to go do what it is that you really ought to be doing. Most people would, as you said, you were terrified. And most people is when people draw back and think, I gotta go find a job. Yeah. You, you know, mm-hmm. I gotta go find something to do because I need money. You had a wife, you had a young wife, you were newly married, you had responsibilities. And so this brings me back to when we are in this entrepreneur world, right? Because it takes resiliency to be an entrepreneur. 
So absolutely. What would you oh, what would you had shared if if you had if you had not become an attorney, but that was the thing that you knew you had already said and your sixth grade graduation book yearbook, you said you wanted to be an attorney. So is that what kept you on track all these years or made you, or you just knew that that's what you were going to do and it didn't matter? Well, I knew that that's what I was going to do. And it didn't matter. I wanted to, I wanted to help people mm -hmm. truly. And I know you don't really think of attorneys in that way a lot uh, because like every profession, there are bad actors that give the entire profession a bad name sometimes. Uh, I've heard just about every lawyer joke you can imagine. In fact, you want to hear my favorite one? <laughs> yes, <What'd you> please. <laughs> what, what's the difference between a dead attorney in the road and a dead snake? Oh, <laughs> oh no, I haven't heard that one. Skid marks in front of the snake. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But, no, I, I was married to an attorney for 21 years. I haven't never heard that one. <laughs> you know, bless you. I don't know how you did it. Um, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But <laughs> uh, actually, when you were saying that, Iris, I wanted to I wanted to touch back on something else, which was when I first got the opportunity to do real estate. Yes. I had no choice because the firm I was in, the partner that did real estate, was taking a vacation for three months. And I was thrown into it. And I had that same feeling that you were talking about, which is how in the world am I going to do this? Right. Real estate and contracts were my worst grades in law school. I didn't like it. Right. I, I didn't think it was something that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, but not only was that truly who I turned out to be, but had I backed off and not done it at that point? Yes. And done some other type of law? Because I would have been able to do that. Yes. There is no way I'm convinced that I would have the firm that I have right now. And, I, and I'll tell you why, because when real estate first started taking off for us, that was the primary focus of, of my practice. And what I quickly realized was that real estate is a great gate opener for other areas of the law. Typically, we're the first contact that people in the area have had with an attorney. They're moving into the area, they're moving, buying a house. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, if they need something else, they need their will done or they're setting up a business or, you know, they have a problem with a contractor and have to file a lawsuit or there's a dispute or something. Right. They would reach back out to me. And I realized very quickly that I was referring those cases out to other attorneys, which was okay. I, it wasn't that I wanted to make money on those things, but I wanted the clients taken care of. But we had spoiled them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that with any type of arrogance, you know, or anything to do with my ego, but we have a policy in our firm that we, nobody in our firm leaves the office for the day without returning our calls or responding to our email. Yes. If we promise something, we 90% of the time get it done early. Mm -hmm. If not on the day that we actually promise it. And the attorneys that I was referring our clients to just didn't, they didn't practice like that. Mm -hmm. So I started getting feedback saying, you know, what kind of attorney did you send me to? I've left four messages. They haven't called me back. They were supposed to do something for me two weeks ago. They haven't right. touched it. 
I don't know what's going on in my case. And it was starting to actually adversely affect our reputation because we had referred them. Absolutely. And so what we had to do to solve that problem, and this is where the resiliency comes in. You know, I could just as easily have said, you know what, I'm just not going to refer people out anymore. I'll just sit here and do my little real estate closings. Mm -hmm. But I thought, you know what, those people need that service. So that's when we expanded our firm and started doing litigation and divorce and, you know, civil litigation and criminal and all those things that the community needed because there was nobody else out there that we felt comfortable referring to. And had I, had I not been in that position to realize that, there's mm -hmm. no way that we would have the firm that we have right now. Absolutely. And, I, and so, I, so I did peek at your bio. I watched your video. And I'm glad that you, that you talked about what your, the motto, the mission of your, of your firm is. I think many times in life, individuals go into business. Of course, we're all in business to make money but we forget that we are dealing with human beings um, sometimes because we get so caught up in, this is about my profit line, my bottom line. Your bottom line should always be the people that you are serving. Because that's absolutely true. <laughs> I, I definitely believe that. <laughs> because life is about service. It, you, are, you are a being and you are interacting with other human beings. There's no way you can continue to be successful by ignoring the fact that you're dealing with human beings and forget that the interactions between you and people are not just uh, transactional. They're just not, they're relational. You know, real estate mm -hmm. is relational. Um, anything we do in life is relational. And so I love how you, you know, mm -hmm. that you made Absolutely. that your mission or the model of your mm -hmm. agency to not, like you said, to promise, but to over deliver. Right. Well, and if you think about it, your business is a lot like mine. Mm -hmm. When people are calling or emailing their attorney, yes, they're not just doing that because they want to talk about the weather. They need me. There's something that they Absolutely. need done or they need advice about. Same way with you. When people are calling their realtor, it's because they something is there's a need that they have that yes. only you can satisfy. Right. And I think you have to respect that and you have to be true to that or you're just not going to be the person that you're supposed to be. Correct. And, and one of the best things that I'm most thankful for in the success that I've been fortunate enough to have is now that I'm where I am, I can, I can help people that I would normally have had to charge Mm -hmm. or look at how am I going to pay the bills? You know, obviously I've got to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. I can now do that. Like, for example, we, we don't charge, I don't charge anybody in my office that comes into my office um, who's in their nineties. If you've made it to 90, Amen. you need, you need an attorney that is just going to do whatever you need done. For right. You. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Uh, Eric. All right. So I do wills for people like that. You know, if I have somebody that comes in that is sick, Mm -hmm. You know, they have cancer or they're just going through a, a really difficult time. You know, we, we don't charge that for people like that. And e even with our attorneys, one of the things that we tell our attorneys when they come to work here is they don't have to take any case that they don't want to take. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want us to ever feel like we are on the wrong side of a, of a case. Mm -hmm. you know, we we want to believe in what our clients need right 
Right. Because and I think the only sure. way you can help someone is if you do believe them. Um, True. You know. And you're not just helping them, <laughs> yeah. but you're help I'm helping them. You, we're right. talking about resiliency. I'm helping right. them to be resilient in right. getting up and getting past whatever is preventing them at that moment from doing so. Right. Eric, you know what I what I do I like about you as a as an individual. And like I said, in reading your bio and reading, and I've and I've seen you in action. So it's not just me reading, I've seen you in action. That you are your life's mission is also to give back. Um and it's important to do like what you were just talking about, how you wouldn't, you don't charge someone if they're 90, you're like, I'm not charging you to do this service. I'm going to do it because I have the ability to do it for you and you need it. Um, I do think that in times, again, we lose the whole concept of why we're here. Um, and before we started the, the podcast today, we were talking about who we are and knowing who you are and how you live through, you know, live to live up to that. You know, E.E. Um, e. Cummings has a saying, it's one of my favorite Cummings, is that it takes a lot of courage to grow up and be the person that you were um, intended to be. Yes. And I think so many times we lose that because we're chasing after things and we forget what's really important. And mm -hmm. as you said, you know, there are jokes about attorneys, right? Because a lot of us go through life saying, I don't like attorneys. I don't trust attorneys yet until you need an attorney. Then you're like, oh my God, do you know an attorney? <laughs> right? Then you're like, do you know an attorney? <laughs> and so, but, right. but, I'm, but I'm not an attorney. I'm, I'm a realtor, but we don't have a great reputation either with, with the public, you know? We're, we're on the level of a used car salesman. So man, it, you know, so I think it's so important that the person that you have, that you bring your character, your true character and true self to what you're doing in life. And so my question to you, and it's not even a question, it's just, do you believe that that is what has also helped you to be as successful as you are and and having grown from where you started to where you are today absolutely and i think that if you if, if people in general are not being true to who they are deep down their nature you can't change your nature you can you can learn to do a lot of different things mm -hmm. you can perform different tasks but at the end of the day i think you have to be honest with yourself as to who you are and what makes you happy and fulfilled. Because if you're not doing that, life is going to pass you by and you are never going to feel happy. And I think a lot, particularly in this day and age, a lot of people are confused about who they are because of how they want to be perceived, mm. especially with social media. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You're, People are forming opinions about you, whether you want them to or not. Absolutely. But we've all been in this situation where we have gone to somebody to provide a certain service for us. And you can tell if that person is doing what they're supposed to for their own nature, if they're happy at what they're doing, mm -hmm. or if they're miserable with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and definitely. 
Yeah, and when you when you come across somebody who is happy and you can tell they're fulfilled in what they're doing, you people want to gravitate towards that person. Mm-hmm. And that's the way you are with real estate. That's the way I try to be with law. Yes. I mean, there is nothing that I would rather be doing than what I am doing now. Right. And that means that I'm, because I feel comfortable in my skin. This is who I'm meant to be. This is what I want to do. And I'm helping people. And you the same way. Yes. I, I believe that when you are doing what it is that you were created to do, and Steph knows this, we've had this conversation. Um, you know, the old adage is, what would you do in life if you didn't get paid for it? And when I started in this business and I was making no money, zero money, I remember one day waking up and going, well, hell, I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. I'm going to work every day. I'm getting in my car. I'm burning up time. I'm burning up gas. I'm going to see people. And I have not been paid one dime. And there is no guarantee that I'm going to get paid a dime. But yet, I love what I do. Right. I have done many different things in my life. But this is the one thing that I did not get paid. And I don't get paid to do it unless... I have delivered a service. Right. And so for me, I equate service with, as you said, happiness and the building of one's character. Because if you didn't have it before, you certainly will be in a situation where you have to search yourself and figure out, is this where I'm really, where I'm supposed to be? And am I doing anyone else a service if I'm not happy doing this and I'm just doing it begrudgingly? Well, have you ever met anyone who has gone through life without some sort of challenge or adversity everybody faces it yes i don't care i don't care who you are you know what is telling and how your life is going to turn out is the way that you the way that you address it the way that you attack those situations right and and i know it's cliche to say that when you have adversity like that it's really just an opportunity to then improve yourself, but it, but it really, I think it's maybe less that and more, it's an opportunity to learn more about yourself and who you truly are and who you should be to make yourself happy and fulfilled. And yes. once you are, you can, you're going to do the same thing, whether you intend to or not for the people around you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's where it comes down. I think everybody at some point has to take a look at themselves their true selves in the mirror. I mean, strip away everything that, all the pretense of what you think you want to be or what you think you are, and you have to look at it and say, okay, what, what am I, what's gonna make me happy? Who am I supposed to be? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then and you work like, what you wanna get out of the bed in the morning and be okay. happy about it. Right. Exactly. And then you have to work hard at it because it's right. not easy, you know, we're, until you get to, I don't think it's ever easy, but until you get to the point where you feel you wake up every day and you can't wait to go do the things that you do yes. and you are happy and you come home at night and you're, you know, you've had a great day. And those are my days these days. Yes. I think when you do that, you, then you realize, oh my God, I can't believe I spent all those years struggling to do something I wasn't meant to do. Yes. And, and, and for me, that's my story. One of my best friends said to me, she said, you spent your whole life 
She says, you're this, you're this square and you keep trying to fit into this round peg. <laughs> and I kept saying, what? She says, yes, you, she says, you have this, you know, you keep going for these, these, these career goals that you believe that's what you're supposed to do. And she says, the thing that makes really makes you happy, you keep avoiding it. And I kept thinking, what? But when you, when you're going for the happy place in life, right? You, you realize, okay, I still got to figure out how I eat. Right. So, so we then choose the road less traveled, uh, or we, no, we choose the road most traveled, most traveled, the easiest right, way. most traveled to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, not understanding that at times in life, that level of comfort has to be disturbed so that you can become comfortable with what, who you are and what you're doing. Who you really are. And one of the best you things get that happened. uncomfortable. You have to yeah, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, That's right. Absolutely. I think one of the best things that can happen, even though it doesn't feel that way at the time, is for somebody to tell you that you can't do it. <laughs> Eric, that's it. <laughs> it is. It is. I know. It is. It is. When, when, um, when I decided in college that I was going to be an English major, mm-hmm. ask me what type of English major I was. What type of English major were you, Eric? I'm so glad you asked, Iris. <laughs> My specialty was, you ready? Yes. Medieval, um, medieval romance. Medieval romance. Okay. Uh-huh. That's interesting. <laughs> Not practical for anything in the entire I didn't world. know that was a thing, but okay. But, I know. I'm that, listening. You know, King, King Arthur and all of that kind of stuff. So I remember like it was yesterday, my, my stepfather that I grew up with. Yes. When I proposed to my wife, and maybe he knew something I didn't know because we were since divorced, but that's a different story. Anyway, when- <laughs> That's another show, Eric, we'll bring you back. <laughs> when I told him I was gonna be an English major, he, he told me that I would never amount to anything. Mm. What was I going to do with an English major, medieval romance? I'd never amount to anything. And then when I got engaged, he told my future in-laws, tell your daughter not to marry him. He's never going to amount to anything. He, he's never going to become an attorney. It's all, you know. And, wow. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, and you talk about fuel for your fire. I mean, you just look at it and go, but that's what I'm supposed to be. I don't, you can say right. it all you want, but... But it's so hard at, in that moment when you start to doubt yourself. And that's yes. where the resiliency comes in. Absolutely. When you start to doubt yourself, you have to, you have to at that moment look at who, who am I really and who, who is this person to tell me or who is this situation to determine right. whether I can do what I'm supposed to do or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you know you, I'm sorry, go it. ahead. Just do it. Go. Don't be afraid. I think right. fear is a, is a big factor. And, and, it's and not even real. if you are afraid, do it afraid. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah is we imagine cool. fear. fear is not real. You have to eliminate the fear so you can move forward into your, right. you know, your desires and what you, you know, were created. We were all created for, for what we were supposed to do on this earth. Yes. And we, nobody ever really finds there, which is sad. Like you said earlier, Eric, you know, people... Most people are like miserable because they're not doing 
what they were created to do. Correct. And it's a sad state. Right. And I think, I think, the, I think most people, when they're in that situation, are afraid of being embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Or afraid, what other people afraid think? of the failure. Yeah. The failure. The failure. Being embarrassed, looking silly, you know, not. Right. But if you don't, if you don't try, you never will succeed. No. You Correct. can't, you can't climb the mountain without taking that first step. No. Yes. It's hey, like that book by John Maxwell, Failing Forward. Failing yes. Forward is. Failing Forward, yes. 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 Failing that was forward. very important. We, we talk mm-hmm. about that all the time about failing forward because failing forward mm-hmm. does build your resiliency, your level of resiliency. And, really and for does. a lot of a lot of individuals, failing means, oh, it's over. And it's not over. Yeah. Failure not. <laughs> It's like next. Right. You can't you can't it's have like, so all, always next. <laughs> right. Because you can't always win. Winning is not reality in life. You can have a winning streak. And you could have more wins than you could have uh loss. Lost. But the two mm-hmm. the, the two things must go together in order for the world to go go you know your world to be complete, and it's interesting to me like you said in the beginning, Eric, about social media. So it's interesting to me as well that how people will put their whole entire life <laughs> on <laughs> social media, <laughs> and Unreal. then and then get mad when they are basically what tried in the in the jury or in the courts of public opinion that's exactly right yeah you know and then and then you get mad and you say well didn't anybody ask you anyway yes you did because you put it out there you left it there you have your comments and so if you don't want comments then you have to turn comments off (laughs) yeah because even when you say to people i really don't want your opinion but obviously you were seeking something. You were seeking someone else to give you validation and no one right. can do that for you. Because That's right. nope. the human nature, at, at, and I'm, it's sad to say, human nature is more so that if you say something to me that seems so foreign to me, my natural reaction is normally going to be, you know what, I don't, I don't see that happening. That doesn't make any sense. How do you plan on doing that? Oh my God. And we don't understand that where I am and where you are, we could be in the same space, shoulder to shoulder, but my level of confidence, my level of resiliency, my, my mindset to evolve and to move forward and to be propelled into something I could have never imagined. We're so different in that. And sometimes people get caught shoulder to shoulder with people who cannot see and they're not supposed to see your vision but then we quickly will draw back or get mad at people and say well why would you say that why did because like you said what does that do it puts doubt but doubt is needed Mm -hmm. because doubt and when someone tells you like they like you said you can't please tell me i can't please tell me i can't because (laughs) then i'm mad now right. I'm mad. <laughs> when yeah. I, when I, and now, and now I'm going to start run circles around you. Like, you know, well, it's on. Not necessarily around you, around the situation. Whatever I want, right. I'm going to make that happen. I'm right. ready to go for it. You know, so, it makes a difference. So for me, it was the same thing of, in, in high school, I was not a great student. But I knew I wanted to go to college. I went to Pace University in New York. 
And I remember getting there and the, the counselor said, well, the first three months I decided I wasn't going to go to college. I was going to go to a business school. And then in those three months realized this is not where I belong and where I needed to be. So I get to Pace, I get accepted, but I'm accepted as a non-matriculated student. And so the counselor says to me, uh, you're going to be a non-matriculated student for probably, you know, a year and a half, two years. Absolutely not. She says, yes, you will. I said, absolutely not. She says, I'm just telling you. I went to school on Saturdays. I went to school on Sunday. I went to school in the, I worked full-time. I was, I was a full-time evening student. I matriculated in six months if, if it wasn't sooner than that. And I was on the Dean's list all because she said, you will not, can't do it. you can't do it. <laughs> but so, you know what? Yeah. But I guess the point is, since we're talking about resiliency. Yes is I would be willing to bet that you weren't always like that and didn't always react like that when you were younger. No, I was all, I've always been this person. Were you really? Yeah. Wow. If you, if you, if you, I, I, I'm an only child. Okay. Um, and I, I, you know, I always, I, my mother was one to, I was free to express my opinion didn't mean it was going to change her ruling, but I was free <laughs> to express my opinion. <laughs> and so she was, she, you know, she taught me early in life. I remember going to school. I had a fight with a girl. Well, I didn't have a fight. A young lady, a, a, another student took my umbrella. And when I went to take my umbrella, she scratched me. Oh. I, I went home and my mom asked, where's your umbrella? And I told her, and she says, well, why do you have a scratch? And I told her, so-and-so took my umbrella and she scratched me. And my mother said to me, she says, I'll tell you what, you're going to go back to school tomorrow and you're going to get that umbrella. And if you ever come home again with a scratch, I'm going to scratch you. <laughs> At that point in my life, it was like, wait. Wait, now, yeah, her I got it. Or mom, her or mom. So I knew at that point, speak up for yourself, stand up for yourself. And I have in my lifetime, I've, I've gotten into a lot of trouble for being the outspoken. But I realized that I couldn't let people stifle me or stop me from saying right. what was my truth. So, yeah. I so think this we, is it. This yeah. is an example of what you were just talking about, where you and I can be in the same space. Right. But not actually experiencing the same thing. Right. Because I did not have, I was the opposite of that. So when I was younger, not knowing, I think I had a feeling of who I was supposed to be and who I wanted to be, mm -hmm. but I was terrified of everything. I was, I did not want to be embarrassed. I did not want to be, when I, I told you my major was medieval romance. Yes. Well, there happened to be a club at Rutgers that was the Society for Creative Anachronism. I remember it now. Okay. And these were, and these were people in this club <laughs> that would dress up in armor. Oh, yes. Fight with swords and do all that stuff. Everything that was up my alley from when I was a little kid until then. And they had a, they had a club fair where all the clubs were out there. And I'm watching these guys fight in armor. I'm going, that's the coolest thing in the world. I wish I could sign up for it. 
Yes. And, and the reason I couldn't was because I was too embarrassed to go over and sign the page and give my information. And, really? Right. And then when I was in college, and actually my first year in law school, when I was looking for an internship with local firms, because that's what yes. you wanted to do, put on your resume, I was so terrified of getting on the phone and making that call to try and get a job that if you can imagine, Iris, I was sitting there, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yes. I was sitting with, with the phone because we had cord phones then. Yes. That's how old I am. So on, cord oh, no, we're all the same age, on the wall. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> on the wall, right? I had the long cord because I used to walk when I was talking. Yes. And I had I had the phone in my hand, I had it hung up, and I was pra I was walking around with this, and I was practicing over and over again, what I was just Hi, I'm Eric Slepian. I'm no, that doesn't sound good. Hi, you know, I'm calling your firm because and I was just like, and I practiced it for like 20 minutes before I would make the call. I was terrified. Now, you know me for years now. Yes. Can you imagine me being afraid to talk to anybody? No, I cannot. Right. But I was because I was so concerned about how I was going to be perceived. I was going to be embarrassed. What if they said something to me and I, you know, a lot of people, because I see them when they come to talk to me about problems that they have, yes. they're stuck in that where they're paralyzed by that fear and they just can't take that step to get over it. Yes. And when you do, you, you didn't, maybe you experienced it just younger than I did with the umbrella, but once you do, then the world looks completely different. Yes. Then, then you can walk into a room where you don't know anybody and you can start up a conversation and it's not, it's not horrible and it's not stressful and it, it's fun. You get yes. to meet people and you, you broaden your horizons so much by that way. But I, I'm here to tell you, if you would have told me that I'd be teaching contract classes. So I have yes. six of them coming up that I'm at that time Absolutely. of year. Absolutely. 2022 contracts. Uh, right. I would have said, you're crazy. There's no way I'm going to be standing up in front of a group of people and talking. Are you nuts? Um, but now I can't imagine not doing it. Right. And Eric, like I said, when you walk into a room, even if people don't know you, they're, they're in the corner whispering, who's that? Who's that? I didn't want to shoot. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> And so, no, I can't imagine. And Steph, so what, what would you say would be your, what? so, because we both shared like that moment that I think we figured out, I got to move forward. I got to do this. What was the moment for you? You know, like I think, well, I, I, I came at a really early age. It wasn't with children. My, my thing was always like with adults okay. and like, you know, and my, um, my godfather who raised me, he used to say the most negative things to me. And um, like, from, I remember from like four or five years old and six years old. And I would always say to myself, I, I'm not never gonna be that person. I'm not gonna do that. I'm never gonna allow anybody to do things to me. You know, right. as I said, oh, like, I, and then he said to me as, as she could tell that I had a very, um, not necessarily aggressive personality, but I definitely had an instinct about who I was at such an early age. Mm -hmm. Then he started telling me, oh, only man's ever going to deal with you. He's going to have to beat on you. I'm like, no man's ever going to beat on me. Are you crazy? Oh, <laughs> like, Lord. it's never going to happen. You know, oh, he would say all these weird, like, really. So it was like, I didn't really 
with children, I mean, I guess I had some things, but not I, that wasn't my because I was dealing with that in the home. So I had right. to always make sure I was strong and, right. and like um, not a lot, not allow that negativity to feed into me because I knew that I had a long way to go in this world. Yes. So at a very yeah, so it was no doubt in my mind like who I was and you know and going through the challenges of it all the time because I was so young, knowing who I was and who I was not going to be. Yeah. You know like I was going to be, you know, successful in my life, which looks like many different things. But the main important thing was to be happy and to be able to serve and help people. Well, and you have to be, you have to be happy now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. There, there's yes. no, there's no time for you to wait. And yes. know, maybe I'll be happy next year or five years from now or no. Yes. You have, you have to right do now, it now. Right, right. Exactly. Not when I get this or when I obtain this, you have to be happy. Now I, I'm happy. I woke up this morning, had my oatmeal and blueberries. It's like, it was it's beautiful. It was the best oatmeal and blueberries ever. You know? Right. So it's true. I, and I will say that from, from my will practice, I see clients all day long that didn't think that they would be, these were supposed to be the years of their lives when they were finally going to be happy and fulfilled. Yes. And mm-hmm. they can't or it passed them by, or they're sick, or yes. they're having mm-hmm. problems with their family. I mean, you know what? Every day you should be as happy in every moment as you possibly right. can. Right. Absolutely. I, I totally agree, 100% agree with, you. with you. Good I, times I and bad, it doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're the, you have to be there in that moment. Yes. Yes, you yes. do. Because it's segments. Our life is segments. And you have right. to find, and when, and when you're not happy, you know, they have those moments like you have to bring a thought, like what will bring the happiness back to you, you know, or do something that was going to bring that to you. You know, right. you cannot live in that, stay in that state. So, OK, this is like right now I'm unhappy in this segment. But my next segment, you know, which could be 10 minutes from now, I'm going to bring the happy because yeah. you just move through life so much better when you're a happy person. I can tell you when I was pregnant with both my children and I used to talk to them, you know, when they were in the womb. And I would always say, be happy. Just I want you to be happy because I knew that when your trials and tribulations would come, mm-hmm. when you are happy, they don't take you down. They don't take right. you out. You find a way. You become resilient because your base of who you are is happiness. And that's very really important. And, and like a lot of people really just don't understand that, which is quite sad. Well, it's not, it's not something we're taught. Um, I was in a store the other day and a lady, said, a lady said these two, well, it was these three women talking and it was in the, one of the thrift stores here in Peachtree City, Eric. And um, they were talking about how they had, you know, doing estate sales because obviously their parents had passed away and they were very bothered by the fact that their daughters and granddaughters and just the children did not want all of this china and the silver and the, the and it's so funny because I had recently had a conversation with my mom about the same thing. And I was talking to the I so I shared with one of the women I said I was, you know, sorry to be listening to your conversation I said but those are just not things that are they don't show value to people in this day and time. I mean, you know, my mother grew up, my grandmother they grew up with 
putting plastic on furniture and then you didn't see like you bought yeah. you bought the furniture but you never sat on the furniture you you weren't no. even allowed you, you weren't allowed in the room you couldn't you couldn't use the court you know the the plates you could and so that's life is, not, life is not designed to garner all the, to like buy all these things collect them exactly. and then just dust them off you got to live life, sure. like you said, in the moment, because if not, sure. you miss it and time goes by. Um, Whoa. And like Ticking, you said, yeah. how people wanted, you know, like you had, you've, you worked all these years, you wanted to buy that wonderful car that you always wanted to buy. And then you go, no, can't buy that car. I'm not going to buy that car. That just doesn't make good financial sense and da, 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 da. Okay, then children graduate and get the rid of kids and da, 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 da. and then like you said, you finally buy the car and you die the next month. Yeah, literally. Well, guess what? The people, all get into right. The people who you mm -hmm. left behind, now they're driving the dang car and they didn't work a day for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so I know like you said that a lot, Eric, with estate planning. A lot of that <laughs> stuff goes on. Well, yeah. You know what I mean, I, I feel like, you know, even with my clothes, my stuff, my, you know, I have like, you know, I have furs. You know, I, I'm not trying to offend Peter, but you know, people all oh, like, why are you wearing it? Because it's cold outside, it's made for the cold, and nobody's gonna wear any of my stuff more than I do before I leave this earth. Okay, let's be clear. <laughs> Eric, well, I'm sure like you, you can say that about that your about your your wardrobe as well. What were you gonna say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, Stephanie, when you were we're gonna I'm gonna circle back around. So when you were talking about you have different segments in your life. In times where there is adversity or sadness, but the best way to come back to happiness mm -hmm. is to get back to who you truly are. Is when yes, you get exactly. the sooner you get back to your true nature, you're going to wake wake up that next day and just be happy because that's who that's your natural state. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely correct about yeah. that. Yes. And yeah. if we take on that that mindset. Each and every day is a new day, and that and really that's it the really only is. that's the only way you survive. That's the only way resiliency is the the building of of your character, of your soul, of your spirit. To know that you will live another day, and this moment will pass. So right. I, I love that. That's very true. Happiness is important, and 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 knowing oneself is the greatest gift I think we can give to ourselves and living in your truth. Well, and to and to others, because when you know yourself and you're being true to yourself, yes, then you can do things for other people. Yes, absolutely. I always my yeah, prayer is always I want to be I want to be blessed so that I can be a blessing to others. Right. That's, yeah. Exactly. That's my thing. You got to share. Definitely. You got to share that joy and share the wealth. That's right. So, Eric, I'll tell you guys a funny story real quick. Yes. So when we were, um, you know, my family lives in Savannah. And we you know we have some people in the family, you know, that have, you know, a, a, you know, quite a bit, you know, of you know money. And I was we were going to play a game. My cousin's like, well, I'll just put all the money. And I'm like, no, we're just going to collect money from people. In the game, you have to put, you know, you put um, boxes on top of boxes and side of boxes. And then the last box has money in it. And <laughs> it was like the, the one of the one of the people in the family has you know, what they have, and uh, he would not contribute. And it was like, wow, you know. Isn't that amazing? Just think, 
Yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing. It's like, wow, you know, just would not contribute at all. Like, oh, no, I don't have any cash on me. I'm like, wow, okay, no problem. I mean, we still did it, but that's amazing. And you cannot to hoard and to keep that for yourself. It, it's just not, it's not a good thing. It's very horrible. Right. You know, In we're fact, here to share what we do. I was going to say, if you're going through one of those segments where you're not happy or you're facing adversity and you're having trouble getting back to who you truly are. Yes. Best way to do that is go out and do something nice for somebody else. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I defy you to do that and not instantly feel better. You feel, absolutely. Like, you feel good. You do. Right. It's true. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. You feel very good. Yes, sacrifice, you do. Sacrifice yeah. and learning how to realize that you're not the only one going through something. But like yeah. you said, when you remove, you remove your kind of your self pity moment and don't dwell mm -hmm. in it and you go mm -hmm. out and watch somebody like on Christmas day or Thanksgiving day, when you at your home, it's abundant. You have family, you have a warm home, you have food, you have gifts, go serve the homeless on those days, right? Or any given day of the week, you realize how blessed you are and how great your life really is in spite of the challenges because it does come with challenges. Or, or even if you're not going to do that, something not so grand, go through a drive through and just pay for the car behind you. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Pay it forward. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And just pay for the tolls behind me. Yeah, it's, it's like a good feeling. And just picture the, the look on that person's face when they pull up and they realize that their food has been paid or yeah. their order has been taken care of. Yeah. Yes. Like I was in a Target line and um, the lady, she didn't have her money. I'm like, I'll pay for it. And she was like, um, no, that's okay. I said, no, I got it for you. Not a problem, you know, but she really, you know, appreciated it. And I was yeah. happy that I was able to be able to do that for her. That's important. We need yeah. a lot more of this in the world. Yes, we do. So, Eric, we want to say thank you so much. Thank you, Iris Stephanie, for having me. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> we enjoyed you. We, we enjoyed we having you. really appreciate you coming and sharing with us today. Um, Please let me do it again. I would love to. Oh, would love to. And and you can Definitely. pick the topic if there's something else you'd love to talk about. <laughs> yes. This was great. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. awesome. I, I really feel like... It is important in, in what all that we have gone through in these last almost two years, we spend a lot of time talking in our circle, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't realize how much we could help other people if we just stepped outside of our circle and shared yeah. our mm -hmm. authentic selves yeah. with people. Not mm -hmm. what we do, yeah. not what, you know, what, not what our degree says, just our authentic selves. Right. We can help yep. somebody else find and help them discover them uh, their authentic selves as well. Exactly. Yeah. So and Eric, maybe next time when you come back with us, well, when you come back to visit us again, we'll we'll tell you how this came about. You know. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I would love so, to hear that actually. Yes, yeah, we yes. would. Okay. Yes, we'll have to share that with you. Fair enough. And then Iris, <laughs> next time you, that you have me on. Yes. You just tell me what color you want me to wear, and I'll. Uh, hey, awesome. I shall. <laughs> it's going to be purple, Eric. So <laughs> I got on now. It's going to be purple. The color of royalty. It is the color exactly. of royalty. 
But yeah. you all, you both, fact, if you, you don't know, you all have to understand. It's my favorite color. Too. My name is Iris. My father right. name is Iris. I'm born in the month of February. <laughs> it it just all kind of goes together, guys. Well, and you can't <laughs> see it because it's too I far mean, away. But my cufflinks today are crowns, purple crowns. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you guys. Would you like to have, love you too. You want to have any final words or have you said all that you wanted to say? No, I'm. this has been terrific. And awesome. um, I hope that the people that watch this and listen to it, you know, if they ever need anything, ever need to be inspired, yes. that they reach out to you or to me. Yes, awesome. Thank or you so Steph. much, Eric. And to Stephanie. <laughs> and to Stephanie. <laughs> You guys have you a guys. wonderful day. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you, Erin. Thanks, Steph. Bye. Thank, Thank you, Erin. All right. Bye. Bye, honey, buddy. Bye. Bye, honey, buddy.